The world is full of a lot of rags-to-riches stories. People who grew up with nothing but eventually made it and were given everything they could ever ask for. A lot of them were great inventors or great people who did a lot of amazing things in this world. And we could say that in the Gospels, Simon Peter is that guy. Peter has had quite a journey, hasn't he? Outside of St. Paul, no one probably has a more epic arc of their life than him in the New Testament. Going from fisherman to disciple to denier of Christ to being the leader of the apostles. And that journey comes full circle today in our gospel. You know, the scene is quite familiar. We have multiple instances of deja vu here in this gospel. The disciples are fishing on the Sea of Galilee, and they can't find any fish, and then eventually this random guy tells them to throw their nets over, and you'll, might, you might catch a few fish, and then they do, and there's so many of them. It's just like when those apostles were first called by Jesus. In fact, it's in the exact same location. And Peter, in particular, this whole scene probably brought back a lot of memories for him. Some good, and some not so good. Look at that detail of the charcoal fire that Jesus had waiting for them on the beach. Remember the last time Peter was at a charcoal fire? He was at the house of Caiaphas as he was denying Jesus the night before Jesus died. So Jesus is really making this come full circle for Peter pretty good. And if this were a movie, you know, P Peter would know exactly what Jesus was getting at it almost be like, any, like a mob movie, the mob boss saying, come on, let, ha, have a seat, I want to talk to you about something. Of the, the guy who ex was unfaithful to the family and he's about ready to expose him. You know what's coming here. And Jesus sort of does this to a degree, but not entirely. At least not in a way that we would expect. Christ isn't looking for an opportunity to get his revenge. He's looking for Peter to atone so that Peter can be given mercy. He can be restored and be challenged to further him in his role as head of the apostles. And our Lord does this in those three questions that he poses to Simon Peter. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Jesus poses three questions for Peter. One for each time he denied Jesus at that same charcoal fire. There's a direct connection here. And it's interesting, the words that Jesus uses, and the nuance is lost in English. But the word love, in particular, there's three different words for love in ancient Greek. Filio, filial love, eros, and agape, sort of ascending, philia, eros, and agape. Filial love is brotherly love. Think Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. It's more friendship. Eros is a possessive love, very romantically tied. And agape love. Self-giving, self-sacrificial love. If you want an example of that, we can look to the cross. And the first two questions, the first two questions that our Lord poses to St. Peter, he uses agape. Simon, son of John, do you love me agape? Do you love me fully? Do you love me self-sacrificially? And yet Peter answers, yes, Lord, you know that I love you filially. What's happening there? Well, because of his denial, Peter doesn't feel that he can love Jesus to the degree 
that he should. He doesn't feel that he can get to agape. He feels, this is all I can offer you. Filial love, that's it. I mean, I'm not that good of a guy. I've sinned as you are telling me right now. I can only love you filially. And finally, the third time that our Lord questions Peter, Jesus stoops to Peter's level. He says, Simon, son of John, do you love me filially? And that's why Peter was so distressed. It's in that moment that he truly knows how imperfect he is, that Jesus would somehow stoop to his level. Peter knows that he screwed up. He knows that Christ expected so much more out of him. He sees the descent that Jesus has to make here. And this whole episode is an opportunity for Peter to look back on his life, his journey with Christ. In a sense, Christ is asking him to look down that mountain that he's climbed. It's not a bad thing to do once in a while. I often tell it to people in the confessional who have made some progress in fighting against serious sin. It's not a bad thing to look down the mountain, to see the progress that you have made, and to thank God for all that he has done for you. And in a sense, that is what Christ is telling Peter here. He's pretty much replaying his entire journey for him in this one instance, showing him the good and the not so good, the moments where he has progressed and the moments where he resisted. And yet, God is still challenging Peter. He is still telling him there is a long way to go. And so while Peter can only love Jesus filially in this moment, Christ is still calling him to agape, that self-giving, self-sacrificial love. That's where Peter needs to improve. That's where he needs to grow. And our Lord does this in those next couple lines to Peter, signifying the kind of death that he would die. In essence, Jesus is telling Peter, you will get to agape eventually. You might not have it now, but you will get there by your martyrdom. You will die for me just as I died for you. Christ will be the one to instill in St. Peter the agape that he needs to fully complete that rags-to-riches story. Christ is, in this moment, yes, chiding Peter for his sin, but challenging him to do so much more, to continue growing. And thankfully, he does. And we, we see the result of this, how boldly he preaches, almost recklessly even, in this first reading today, in preaching to the Sanhedrin. So while Peter had to atone for his mistakes, in this gospel, you can even say he had to atone for them blow by blow. He is also given the confidence that he can continue to progress. That's why he jumped out of that boat and swam to Jesus. The joy of seeing Christ, the only one who can truly grant him that great gift of forgiveness. And truth be told, brothers and sisters, we should run to Christ for mercy just as St. Peter did. To atone for our sins, but also to receive fortifying grace for the road ahead. And really that happens every time we go to confession. We atone for our sins, blow by blow, just as St. Peter did. We are given the grace necessary to move forward. And I'll say this, confession doesn't necessarily have to be just an Advent and Lent thing in the church. It's our entire lives. It's the whole year. We ought to want to run to confession just as St. Peter sort of ran to confession of sorts in our gospel. 
So today, let us not be afraid of our past, brothers and sisters, and let's not let it prevent us from encountering Christ today. Let us be hopeful that he can repair what was broken for us, and that our God can give us the strength that we need. And like Peter, may we rise above our sinful habits, receive God's mercy, and know of his agape love for each and every one of us.